Hello, everybody. Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to Toronto Raptors' 98-93 win against the Orlando Magic Riker. This one was a lot closer than maybe I've liked it to be, especially coming off that huge Game 2 win, but the Raptors went on the road and got the W nonetheless. Ben, I've been studying all day long for exams. I'm sure you've been doing the same. I'm starting to oh, get yeah. a few of those stress pimples if you know what i mean just from pulling out my hair over this exam study and what i was looking forward to all day was to detoxing over a fantastic and dominating raptors win and it almost didn't happen i would i would almost argue the stress was equal to the studying stress that i had throughout the day because you're right they they almost didn't pull this one off but before we get into it we'll start with the comment of the day eh? and maybe we can start the podcast talking about the theme of this but we'll put it up Had to come back here and delete my comment on Kyle. And this is after the game one. Obviously, a lot of people had critical things to say about Kyle Lowry and his zero-point game. And he bounced back terrifically in game two. And then he's leveled out Mm now to to what I said, um, what we both sort of agreed, that as long as he's scoring in the 12 to 15-point range, the Raptors are pretty safe to secure a victory unless something crazy happens. That's what happened tonight. You can break down his stats. Do you want to start there, Ben? Kyle Lowry, very average. Certainly. So Kyle Lowry, on a night-by-night basis, he's going to bring you the facilitating in terms of assists. He had 10 assists tonight. He gets you a few rebounds. He always makes scrappy plays on the defensive end, right? But the thing where Kyle's been a bit inconsistent this year is his scoring ability. And tonight, 12 points for him, nothing remarkable. You know, it's not a 20-plus point performance, but we don't necessarily need that on a night-by-night basis. We need him to be a threat you know, a threat on the basketball court, so he's not being treated like Ben Simmons out there around the three-point line, but, you know, he's still producing at somewhat, a somewhat level. If he did this in the first game, we would have won it similar in the same fashion, you know, a five, ten-point win, but his scoring just completely well-rounds his game, because he does everything else great, you know, and this, we were saying this in the videos where, you know, we were breaking down his performance in game one, he does everything to such a high level, it's, it's unfortunate on some nights when he just doesn't produce in terms of scoring, and that, that's where he really struggles and gets flamed by the media, by the fans, by everyone, so if he can just do this on a night-by-night basis, 12 to 15 points, and then here and there, maybe go for 20 to 25, that's going to be prime time Kyle Lowry. Yeah, and you talk about they don't want we don't want Kyle Lowry to be treated like Ben Simmons. Well, Ben Simmons also mm-hmm. criticized for being very underwhelming in his first two matchups against the Brooklyn Nets and completely responded after also getting flamed by Jared Dudley who had the complete opposite performance. <laughs> very funny situation, but he bounced back because he was more aggressive. Pushed the fast break. Drove yep. Kyle Lowry, obviously much much smaller than Ben Simmons, but he can impose himself in a similar way even if his jump shot isn't necessarily following and then falling and then he's able to build that on top. And tonight I thought he did a really good job in being aggressive. The one thing I want to mention before we even get down into the seriousness was um, there was a lot of back-and-forth chippiness in the beginning of the game at the very least, and Kyle Lowry obviously picked up three early fouls and had to sit for... Mm-hmm. a lot of the second quarter um, against him and Michael, Car- Michael Carter-Williams. And there's few players in the league who can take a charge and flop with as much poise as Kyle Lowry. He's in the ranks of him, LeBron James, James Harden, among others. Michael Carter-Williams, he was frustrated with a few flops that uh, were called as fouls on him and then tries to respond with a few flops of his own but was not nearly as successful. The reps did not no. uh, they did not take the bait. And, uh, you know, leave it to the pros. Leave it to the guys that are getting $33 million. But Kyle Lowry, I think he can. He just has a very good understanding for the game of basketball in terms of his offense when he's understanding like what shots to take. But defense, he is very fantastic. 
Certainly. Well, Kyle Lowry really doesn't even flop. Like, he sells his contacts like a bit, but he takes charges right on the numbers. And you mentioned it. His ability to read defenses and know where to be to get those charges just makes him so good at it. Probably better, you know, LeBron James, especially in Miami, and James Harden, they're, they straight up flop. You know, they just straight up go all over the place. And that's what Carter Williams is kind of doing. But uh, Kyle Lowry and Marcus all do a really good job of just taking on the numbers and taking the contract, getting legitimate charges. But, you know, before we swing into anything else, he brought up Carter Williams. And... What has this guy been on this whole series? It seems like every possession, he's just screaming at a referee. He's just complaining about everything. He's trying to get into scraps or something with Toronto Raptors players. I know he's you know fighting for his position in the league, but he's got a serious chip on his shoulder. He's looking he's looking like a fake Lonzo Ball out there. You know the way he looks on the court, kind of lanky and stuff. And he's just complaining about everything. It's kind of it's a weird thing to watch. You, you know what? I'm never a fan of complaining. Right, but if it's going to happen, which it does, this is the game of NBA, and the refs they're they're slowly being told to take less garbage, and they're slowly being told to give more tees. But you need to deserve the, or you need to, sorry, earn the right to be able to complain as consistently to the refs as Kyle Lowry does. Michael Carter Williams, <laughs> give it up, man. You you were one for five. You had two points on the game. You don't need to be complaining about anything. You're not a contributing real factor to this. But let's talk about this, Ben. Each night now, game one, two, and game three, we've had a player on the Raptor, on the Toronto Raptors, underperform. First night was Kyle Lowry. Second night, Danny Green didn't have many baskets. This night, most surprisingly, Kawhi Leonard went way down. And on the reverse, we've been waiting for the awakening of the sole all-star on the Orlando Magic, Nikola Vucevic, and he finally, I guess, had a pretty good game for himself. So, are the two related at all, or is it just completely? you know, random that Kawhi Leonard, the best player on the Raptors, happened to play bad the night that the best player on the Magic happened to play good. Well, Vucevic, I think his kind of resurgence came from Marc Gasol being in foul trouble, as you mentioned. The refs were all over the Toronto Raptors, and we can get into that later. And Kawhi Leonard struggled to get his open shots to, you know, really knock down the shots he's been hitting all season. So, you know, Kawhi's also someone we're definitely going to break down and get into a lot later. But I think Vucevic's resurgence is just a product of Marc Gasol not being out there, being able to clamp him on every possession. Because throughout this whole series, Marc Gasol has been a defensive anchor. His ability to just keep him out of his spots, you know, post-defense, he the key in post defense is doing your work early, and Marcus Saul has done that with Vucevic. He hasn't let him get any deep post touches. You know, every shot that Vucevic gets, there's two hands in his face, there's the verticality. He's not getting any ground on Gasol because Gasol's the same size as him and knows where to be in his positioning. So I'd credit most of it to Gasol and just Kawhi having a very unfortunate night in terms of knocking down his regular shots. But we're, we're about, you know, seven minutes in this podcast, Striker, and we haven't talked about the story of the night. 30 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists for Pascal Siakam, 0 turnovers, he was absolutely on fire, 3 threes for him, 13 of 20 from the field, what were your thoughts on Pascal Siakam's performance tonight, definitely his best career playoff performance, and he's been very good in this series. This whole series, and particularly this game, he's been on fire. People were talking about how Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon were going to lock him up. He has had none of that, you know, skepticism. He's showing, establishing why he's a true star in this NBA. Well, you're exactly right there, Ben. I would hope, we're going to continue to reiterate it, I would hope he's a lock for most improved player at this point because he's putting up better numbers than D'Angelo Russell, and they're winning, and he's now 
the best player on the team this game, of course, uh, just in terms of his performance and kind of the, he's still yeah. he's not the best player, of course. But yeah. I have a different opinion for what the uh, sort of main point of the game was or what the highlight of the game was. Um, so I'm going to let you take this sort of commentary about Pascal Siakam. How do you feel about his performance tonight? Can he be the one most consistent piece for the Toronto Raptors? Because it's been shown now that the rest of the guys, they're not doing it on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, of course, only a three-game sample, but... What, what can Pascal Siakam do? Well, well, I think Kawhi Leonard is obviously going to be our most consistent performer throughout the playoffs. If I had to rely on someone as a Toronto Raptors fan... Well, 26% from the field the tonight after a 60-plus percent yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, but Kawhi Leonard is a finals MVP. He's a top-five player. But Pascal Siakam a, is now the most consistent player over the past three games. In, in the in the three-game sample size... He's got 20, well, 20, 20, 20 points game. per game in three games. Yeah, I'm not against, saying as you mentioned, against, yeah. as you mentioned, they said this would be the toughest matchup for Pascal Siakam. They expected Jonathan Isaac to clamp down Spicy P, and he's saying no, no, no. No, so, no, I believe in Pascal Siakam. I think Pascal Siakam is a true all-star, a definite second option in terms of scoring on this Toronto Raptors team. The Raptors can continue to go to him, continue to rely upon him. I don't necessarily think of he's, he's our most reliable player. We have Kawhi Leonard on this roster, Riker. Kawhi Leonard, a finals MVP, a multi-time all-star, a guy that has shown up on the biggest of stages against the Warriors, against LeBron James. But could the defense have found the recipe? Because he looked sporadic out there at points, and he had six turnovers. Sporadic? Yeah, he just looked like he was trying so hard to get a basket. Before this game, he was leading the league in playoffs. I know, Ben, and I'm not going down on Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying he's (laughs) not good. I'm just saying, have the defense, you know, we always say, okay, an off game is because a player is doing bad on that given night, but can we at least attribute any of it to the, the stifling defense of the Orlando Magic. Did they maybe figure out this is how to get under the skin of Kawhi Leonard and now Kawhi Leonard for a, for a series can just rely on a guy like Pascal Siakam to take more of the offensive load. I don't like I think the Orlando Magic did a great job in defending Kawhi Leonard. I think they've done a good job at guarding these two guys the whole series. But I think both of them have just are just very overwhelming offensive players no matter what defense you're going to play play on them but Kawhi Leonard obviously didn't have it tonight but he was still getting the shots he usually gets those kind of mid-range pull-ups from about seven to ten feet away he was just missing them he was missing them he had a a few shots around the rim and the refereeing they really didn't give any calls especially in the first half to people around the rim and you know the layups and stuff so Kawhi Leonard I think his kind of poor game is more just the fact that he didn't hit the shots he usually hits, and that's unfortunate. But he usually, the by saying that he usually does hit those shots in the regular season. He usually elevates his game in the playoffs. We've seen it in the past with Kawhi. And I'm you know the the thing I've been super impressed with Pascal because this is his first run as a star in the playoffs. You know, as a focal point on offense, and he hasn't taken a step back. He's actually taken a step forward. So I've been very impressed with Pascal. But I think it's very much too early to say he's more reliable than Kawhi. I I didn't say reliable, I said consistent. Is he going to be able to... Consistent, consistent. Reliable, Reliable, I would still say, yes, you're going to rely most on Kawhi Leonard to get the job done in late-game situation, to be the primary scorer. Yes, you're going to rely on Kawhi Leonard. He's done enough throughout his career. He's done enough this season. He's done enough in past games. He deserves that, and he's still the guy. One off game is not going to make the difference in reliability. I'm just saying he's had a down game now, and they're only playing against the Orlando Magic thus far. Can Pascal Siakam be the most consistent 20-point game guy in the starting lineup for the Raptors? Against the Magic? Or just in the, the entire playoffs? playoffs, can he end up being the most consistent guy? Because he might not have the, the same high, right, that Kawhi Leonard's going to have. He's not, he might not take over a game and get 37 points and be the reason the Raptors win. But can he be the most consistent guy for putting up 20 points a game regardless of the defense? 
No, not like I think he can is capable of putting up twenty points per game against very good defense on the Toronto Raptors. I think I'm not taking anything away by Pascal and saying that, but he's not going to be our most consistent player. Kawhi is going to be our most consistent okay. player. We will probably see Pascal Siakam have a couple down games throughout. But this right or wrong, run, then tell, am I right or wrong? Goes. Pascal Siakam getting thirty points is not going to change the defensive scheme towards him the same way that Kawhi Leonard getting thirty points would make the defense adjust to. Well, I think the defense is already adjusted for Kawhi Leonard. I think there's going to, obviously going to be more of a focal point on Kawhi Leonard on a night-by-night basis. But Kawhi has shown consistently shown to overcome that. And I get your point in saying that, yes, the defense will be less focused on Pascal Siakam compared to Kawhi Leonard, so it's not a measure of their talent or reliability or anything like that. But the fact that Kawhi Leonard has just shown to completely eat up defenses in the past and overcome that kind of you know, focus, that game plan that other teams have made for him. I think Kawhi will still be our most consistent through player through the playoffs, but it's an interesting take. Definitely let us know what you guys think in the comment section below about this. Who do you think could be, you know, our most consistent big night score for the Toronto Raptors, Pascal or Kawhi, or maybe someone else? But we're we're 13 minutes into this. Let's swing it straight into the segments tonight. The Kawhi you do him like that play of the day, you know, usually the, the late game heroics go to Kawhi Leonard himself, but Tonight, as we've been debating for the past six minutes, Pascal Siakam, he, he stole the show, and, you know, it was a it was a critical stretch in this game. He got the ball kind of switched on him, uh, the ball kicked out to him, made a nice little drive into the paint. I believe Kawhi just missed a shot, kicked it out, and then he made a he made a very clutch basket. And it, it was kind of reminiscent of DeMar's Bucks drive, and then he had the dunk over Thonmaker. It was on the same side of the court. You know, I, I was pretty impressed with that take, and his just kind of mojo, his you know, relaxed state at the end of a game to really take over. And it reminded me of, you know, a few, a couple months back when Pascal really asserted himself as our second option. And Nick Nurse was giving him the ball at the end of games and he messed it up. I believe it was against maybe the Nuggets and someone, some other team where the ball was given to Pascal in the fourth quarter at the end of a game to really, you know, close it out. And he struggled. He wasn't able to do it. But that experience, I think, has helped him now to the point where Nick Nurse Kawhi, Kyle Lowry, trust him in the playoffs to make a big play like that at the end of when the game. When you score 30 points, 30 points in a playoff matchup on the away mm-hmm. team's court, you have confidence like that in the fourth quarter, yep. right? Because that shows throughout the game you're able to do basically what you want. And shooting at 63%, Sorry. it's not like he's taking 40 shots to get that amount of points. Yep. He, There's no reason for him not to be confident. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big Pascal Siakam fan. Yeah, same. He's been absolutely amazing, but not all plays can be the Kawhi doom like that play of the day, and some just make you say, oh, jeez. And tonight, the oh, jeez play of the day. At the very start of this game, uh, Danny Green, he, he had an open three-pointer. You know, we Danny Green's absolutely ridiculous. He's always knocking down threes for us. He's been super consistent this year, and, uh, you know, he had three threes tonight, but he completely airballed a three with no one, no one around him. I believe it was above the break, but... It was a weird sight to see Danny Green miss a completely open shot like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I we had a second OGs, I guess. Do you want to say that, or can I add it into the you go into for the it. next you go segment? For it. Um, it is weird to see Danny Green brick shots, but well, airball. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, it, but Danny Green, he's fantastic. I'm, I'm really, I'm so glad mm-hmm. that we picked him up. But um, not all plays can be the, the OG, or I guess, well, that's the year say the OGs. Okay, so the, there's time left for one. I don't know which is the better order to put it in. We have the new the new segment with the Terrence Ross. Um, is it better to go the Damari Carroll first? Let's go T-Ross okay. right now. Where's the sauce, T-Ross? 
That's how that's how we'll introduce it. Where's the sauce? Yeah. Um, as we said, we're going to be critical about Terrence Ross, and all credit due to this man. He has been balling. He's been absolutely terrorizing been the Toronto Raptors, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But that's not to say, you know, you can have a 24-point game coming off the bench and do all these good things, but you are not prone to messing up, especially at the rate that Terrence Ross does. The reason I don't love and support the man as much as Ben does. Tonight, he tries to put Serge on another poster, just like he did in first game. Serge Ibaka, no, no, Yo. no, that is not happening. And the second thing... Yo, hold up. <laughs> Hold up, before we get to the yeah. second one, that was crazy. <laughs> Yo, if he finished that, if he flushed that one down, that dunk on Serge Ibaka, that would have been absolutely one of the craziest dunks. Would that have changed seen. the momentum? Would the Raptors have lost the game because of that dunk? I don't know, but I, I was shook. My my jaw was dropped when T-Ross threw that thing so, down. But, you know, he missed it. He missed it. But thank, thank you for Serge's just sanity and his, you know, YouTube prowess and how hungry are you. Serge... You know his his career would have been done at least for the night because that was who T Ross got very up well there. could have been an OGs but thankfully it turns into a bit of a blunder for Terrence Ross so we put it into the <laughs> where's the sauce the second thing <laughs> apparently the ref throws him out uh, a pass for the the free throw free throw attempt and just comes past them all the way up past the three point line he he's out there he's thinking about other things maybe he's thinking about his girlfriend on the side or something like that I don't know but Terrence Ross Amber Ross <laughs> what what really. Yeah, when he's on the Raptors, he dated. Amber oh my Rose gosh, who hasn't she dated? But anyways, that's this isn't a this isn't a <laughs> only the goats. I only guess so. Goats I guess so. Um, he's no Lou Williams, another Raptors legend. But that's it for the, where's the sauce? T Ross in a more juicy category, I guess. The final one um, tonight. I'm, I'm well. Before we go into sure. the final segment, we we do have to bring up the point. Terrence Ross had 24 points and almost brought the magic to this yeah. win. Because especially in the fourth quarter, he was hitting shot after shot after shot, and it was it was kind of wild to watch T. Ross and his ability to you know do all these things. I know for people that don't know, Riker's not the biggest fan of T. Ross because of his inconsistencies on the Toronto Raptors back when he played. I loved T. Ross. I loved his dunk. I loved his just his his whole vibe as a Toronto Raptor. But I think we're both in agreement. He was amazing. Well, it's tonight. cool to see because he always had potential in the Raptors. My issue, my biggest issue, yep. was his IQ because he was basically a turnover machine every time he stepped on the floor. But it's it's good yeah. to see a man play with such confidence in a playoff series coming off the bench, right? It just shows that even mm-hmm. though um, there's not a spot for him in the starting lineup, he's still treated as one you know one of the guys, and he's willing to step up. Yeah, guys. and he wants that. He's hungry for it, and he's showing that. So it's pretty cool. I would have been sad, obviously, if he had to ice the game against the Raptors. I'd rather. Yeah. He also hit a half court shot. We're we're forgetting about that too. He hit a half court buzzer beater at the end of the end of the section, yeah. I believe. He's doing it all, but. He's, he's really out here. Maybe we will we'll get him back one day. Who knows? Um, Maybe. But finally, finally the, the infamous, infamous, the one, the only, the Markel Gold Star Award. I'm going to take it over. I'm stealing the spotlight here because it. I'm looking to stir up the, the dedicated fans. I don't know how many people are still listening 18 minutes and 47 seconds into the podcast, but I'm giving this one a big fat Damari Gold, Gold Star Award for worst performance to Kawhi Leonard. It, not even that he shot 26% from the field. Not that. That doesn't frustrate me because I want him to take 19 shots every game. I said that. I want mm-hmm. him to be the guy. I want him to take the shots, right? What upsets me yes. is the way that he was trying to get those shots and the six turnovers that he collected throughout the game because that's showing to me that he's just playing out of control. He can slow the game down. He's good enough to slow down the game, get past defenders, and if he's getting triple teamed or if he's getting clobbered down low, give it to Pascal Siakam for a game and let him take over. That was my big issue with Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard tonight. No, that's a fair point, especially if we, we would have lost <coughs> this game. 
you know, there definitely would have been a lot of flack on Kawhi Leonard. In the same vein, there was a lot of flack on Kyle Lowry if he lost the first one. This one would have been on Kawhi. He had 16 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. That, that looks like a decent stat line from, you know, if you just look at the box score. But he went 15 of 19 from the field, 0 of 3 from the 3-point line. As you mentioned, 6 turnovers. Really didn't have. He made some clutch defensive plays, and there's a couple plays. He made some nice passes as well, but we really need Kawhi. As we said, we need Kyle Lowry to get between 12 and 15 points and do all of the other things on the court. Kawhi's number one focal point on this team is getting buckets. We need Kawhi to score at a high level. Fortunately, Pascal Siakam picked up the slack tonight, but only 16 points for Kawhi. We need him to be 25-plus for us to maybe not beat the Magic, but to beat... You know, teams like the Sixers, the Bucks, the Warriors, if we end up getting there, you know, he, he needs to step up. 100%. 100%. 25 plus points. I definitely agree. Certainly. You know, but let us know what you guys think. I, I'm sure Kawhi Leonard will bounce back. He's too good of a player not to, and he's being aggressive. He's getting the right shots. You know, he'll he'll be fine. And a couple, one other player that I know we're 20, 21 minutes into this, Norman Powell off the bench. Real nice tonight. Hit a couple threes, eight points, two rebounds. Are we seeing a return of Norm God in the playoffs? Is he going to creep back into the biggest of moments? He might creep back and take over Fred Van Vliet's spot. I don't know. Fred Van Vliet hasn't played very well, and tonight he didn't have a fantastic performance. Norm Powell is definitely the best, I would say, off the bench. So I wouldn't mind seeing him play a little bit more if he can stay consistent. Because we we all have said throughout the season he's got the most potential. He just needs to, his IQ is up and down. His consistency is off. Mm-hmm. If he can be consistent, he is a guy that has really what you want for the playoffs off the bench. Norm Powell got the sauce. He stole it from T. Ross. Well, I guess Ross has been a lot better than Norm this season off the bench. But, you know, let us know what you guys think about this game. You know, the Toronto Raptors, they pulled it out. They got the W, so it's a much happier podcast than game one. But there's certainly some ups and downs. So let us know what you guys think about this game, about anything Toronto Raptors. Uh, Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. You're the best for making it this far. You know, the Toronto Raptors, we're back on track, Riker. And that's that's the good thing. Absolutely. Looking forward to game four. Four? Four. Four. Four, yeah. (laughs) Cheers. (laughs)